0: Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast.
1: welcome to the real estate entrepreneurs podcast and today we have a special guest well every guest is special here but uh this one it's actually uh very special to me because i just met him a couple of weeks ago i actually know his business partner prior to knowing david and uh we were at a mastermind man and i could relate so much to what you had to say in your presentation so, uh, man, I'm honored to have you here, David. Thank you so much for uh, taking on this short uh, notice on the podcast. Uh, but let's get down to the nitty gritty, man. Who is David Oates?
0: I thought you were having somebody good speaking. No. <laughs> <was here>. oh. <laughs> um, well, man, no, seriously, thank you so much for for having me. We had a great time. Um, down in San Antonio a couple weeks ago. It was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, so I'm, I'm a wholesaler. I tell people I'm an old, an old school knuckle Dragon wholesaler. Um, I've been doing real estate for almost 20 years. Um, that's primarily our business now, our business model here in Chattanooga. Um, you mentioned my partner Tag, we have a great yep. partner. And we run nationwide property liquidators and we are uh, wholesaling, well, nationwide. Um, but it's kind of been a long journey for me to, to get here.
1: Um, yeah, you, you are a 20-year overnight success.
0: Overnight, man. <laughs> just, just like that. Um, yeah, man. I, I mean, I, so kind of a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in the Boston area. And uh, my, I told people my parents were, were super strict. Um, like when I was a kid, like every day when I came home, I had to do one hour worth of chores. And every Saturday and Sunday was three hours. So my, my dad was like an ex-military guy. He was in the okay. army, so very had a very structured childhood, and uh, he was the like fix the car guy, build the addition guy. We're gonna recycle the house this weekend, so I grew up doing all that stuff, and absolutely hated it. Hated every single thing about wow. yard work and raking and cut it, just all of it. And I lived in New England, so so like we rake for a living up there. I mean, all of these right. is leaves falling. And I used to say when I was a kid, boy, when I get older, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a condo and. Uh, I'm never going to make my kids work in the yard and I'm never doing any of this stuff. And, (laughs) uh, and, uh, you know, so of course what happens is you become your, you become your parents. And, uh, right. so, um, I went to school, went to UMass, I went for a degree in criminal justice because I thought that was, that was the right thing to do and, uh, ended up working in retail, kind of worked my way full time through, through, uh, um, through college. And when my parents moved to Florida, so I moved down there and I uh, um, ended up working for a hardware store. So I kind of got involved with contractors and um, you know, dealing with that that side of the world. Right. So when I got married in 2002, my wife Heather and I, we bought a house and I couldn't figure out when I went to the closing why I was buying my house from Wells Fargo. I thought that was, that was kind of strange. I, I didn't I didn't understand anything about foreclosures. So the realtor, you know, sort of explained to me what happened. I thought, okay, that's great. So because I'd grown up fixing houses and doing these things, and I worked for the um, this lumber yard and, and hardware store, we started fixing up our house. So it was just, it was in Apopka, Florida. It was a little three-bedroom, two-bath. And, you know, we like took out the carpet. We put down laminate floors. This is an O2. Um, I took out like a sliding glass door, French doors, you know, that kind of stuff, replaced the building. And we lived in it. And uh, about two years later, we put it up for sale. And the realtor's like, hey, so you've lived here for two years. So that means whatever money you make is going to be tax-free. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. So I think we bought it for like 97 and we sold it for somewhere around 150. So we had 50 grand cash in our pocket. Nice. This is really cool. Like I, this is.
1: We can do this again. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: we wanted to move closer to to where I was working. So we were looking around and we thought, well, we should do this again. Like, so so let's find a house that needs to be fixed up. And surprisingly, my wife was on board with this plan, which most wives probably aren't. And um, so we went to DeBerry, Florida, and I found this beautiful subdivision of all these brick houses with like oak trees. I mean, it's picturesque, everything you want. And we bought the ugliest house kind of in this cul-de-sac. And uh, I remember we negotiated back and forth and felt like we overpaid like 178. And uh, like everything was super dated 1970s house. So we moved in, kind of the same thing. You know, over the course of two years, we, we completely remodeled the inside. And a little over two years later, we sold it for almost 300,000. Wow. I said, wow, like this is really good. And I need to figure this out. Like I need, like there's a business here. There's something here. Right?
1: How can you do this at a scale, right?
0: Well, and, and, and you know, I wasn't even thinking scale at that point because this is a great part-time job. Um, so I remember I was at the airport and uh, I was waiting, waiting for someone to come in. I'm moseying through the bookstore because I like to read. And I picked up this, there's this red book on the, on the shelf. And of course it's rich dad, poor dad. And while I'm waiting, I was, I was sort of thumbing through and started reading it. And it really struck me as something I needed to, to read. So I grabbed it, went home, you know, just devoured it. And at the end of the book, it says, uh, you know, if you want to be in real estate, you should find a, a real estate investment group. So I'm okay, great. So I'm, you know, this is 2003 or whatever for, and uh, so I'm on the internet and I'm Google searching it. And I, I came across this wholesaler's uh, website. His name was Todd Hutchinson, we're still friends. And at the end of his website, he's like, go to Central Florida Real Estate Investors. And he gave us a link. <laughs> so. I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is what the book said to do. So I'm going to do what the book says. I'm really good at following instructions because I'm not that smart. And uh, so I found, I found when they, they were having this meeting, I don't know if, you, if you've ever heard of CFRI, the, the real estate group down there it was like the third biggest in the country, really big. So I remember it was July of that year and I was in DeBerry. So I drove down to Orlando and it was at this old Bumby theater, this like old play theater or whatever. So I pulled in the parking lot And, uh, there's cars everywhere. Like we buy houses, the inspectigator, you know, hard money, soft money, like all everything. Like every, every car is all lit up with signs and dude, I drove through the parking lot. I was afraid to go inside. Couldn't do it. Why? (laughs) I was afraid, man. Like I was just, I'm like, I don't belong here.
1: You got intimidated, right? It it was
0: hundred percent intimidated. Couldn't go in scared. So I go home and I'm not even sure I ever told my wife this. I'm like, you know, I couldn't find it. Nice. oh wow uh, I'll, I'll try another time i just i got got busy i just couldn't couldn't find it so uh i do remember i went back in september of that year because it was it was my birthday it was right around um you know when my birthday was so I, I this time i'm like the whole time i'm like i'm going in i'm going in i'm going in i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this so i paid my 20 dollars and went in as a as a guest and uh like real i won't get into all of it but i sat down in this theater and they're doing this they had this thing called deal of the month and uh, there's this old guy who's probably like eighty years old, weighs eighty pounds, and like think overalls, like everything but the straw hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> they get four, or five, four or five. Yeah, we get month those month.
1: guys in every city, man.
0: <laughs> so they would get you know three, four, five investors, whatever, to, to to talk about a deal they did that month, and then they give him like a fifty dollar Home Depot card. So this guy gets up there and he's like, I can't remember his name, but I'm like, hi, my name is Bob. And everybody's like, Hey, Bob. He's like, I was driving to North Carolina to see some relatives, and and I stopped on the side of the road, and this guy had a house for sale, and I, you know, I offered him forty thousand, and he wanted eighty thousand, and he wouldn't take my money, so so I gave him my card, and I just left, and when I was coming home, he called me, and and uh, he said he'd sell me his house for forty grand, and so I went back and put it under contract. <sighs> and I hired a contractor to fix it. And, and I flipped it for 120,000 and made $40,000. And I sat there and I looked at this old guy who could barely string two sentences together. And I'm like, if this guy can do that,
1: I can. <laughs> I'm can. i positive
0: I can do this. Yeah. 100% I can do this. Um, and then there was this, this other girl that got up on stage and a Russian girl, barely spoke English, and she's flipping mobile homes like flapjacks. And I said, if this girl can do it and can't speak English, Holy shit, I can do this. Like yeah. I'm positive I can do this. Um like I can definitely do this. So so that was a real foundational thing for I like that always goes through my head. You do not have to be smart to do this, this business. You no. don't have to be the smartest guy around. You have to pick something to be focused at it. Um and just be determined. I mean that's the one thing I tell people all the time. And that's even in our business with Tag and I we stay in our lane. We are wholesalers. That's what we do. We don't bounce around and do land development. And, you know, we don't do all these different
1: things. We do one thing and we
0: do it really good. Yeah. So, um,
1: so yeah, so, um, so you, so you went there, you saw proof of concept from people that that you said, man, this is everyday people like, like, like me, you know, I can relate to these people right because in your case you probably didn't know real estate that well but you knew you knew you spoke better english than the russian girl um <laughs> i was and, not as cute
0: but i did speak better english
1: yeah yeah so but you know your language was much better than hers and she, yeah. here she is making money right um you know doing uh, flips on mobile homes and things like that and then you see this older man he's barely you know he can barely hold it together and he's making 40k on a deal
0: yeah, not even like, in his
1: town, like remotely. Right, like talking about virtual wholesaling back then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, amazing. which seems to be a new concept, but it's been around forever, right? It has. Um, yeah. So, how did it go from there? Okay, so you went to the RIA, you said, okay, proof of concept. I can, if they can do it, I can. Yeah. Um, how do you move from there? Like, what, what was the next step for you?
0: Oh, so one great thing about um, the Central Florida Real Estate Investors, it's really big. It's well-organized. It covers all of Central Florida. So someplace, four nights a week in in Central Florida, even to this day, there's some class going on. And that's all I did. I did everything I could to just immerse myself in real estate and and learning as much about it as I could. So one night might be a wholesaling group, another night, maybe it's a landlord group or land development. I mean, there's something going on every night. There's a group in Osceola County and in Orange County. So there's always something going on. So I did as much as I could there. The REA there put on a lot of, you know, Come Wednesday, it's a free teaser class. And then on Saturday, $59, you can come for the all-day seminar. So I just did as much of that as I could. I, I paid for some mentors. I got in some coaching. Um, took classes on how to buy property subject to. Um, wholesaling, I, I paid a bunch of money to go to some wholesaling boot camps. And uh, um, I remember I bought my first, well, I bought a couple of courses. I've got probably $100,000 in courses here okay. where I invested, but uh I bought my first property subject to um, by sending a very simple letter uh, in the remember, So this is the mid 2000, 2004, five, right. four or five. So foreclosures were maybe just starting to hit. But I sent a letter that basically said, let me do for you what your realtor can't. And then it had some stuff. So basically, I was I was uh, marketing to expired listings. Okay. So I bought this course from a guy named Chris Kirshner, who who's, he's not around anymore. I think he's gotten out of coaching and, and the real estate stuff. But he had this great course. If you can find it on eBay, I'd tell everybody to go buy it. Um, but yeah, it had all these audios, like, listen to this as you're pulling up to the guy's house, like kind of very, very well-structured, great course. And I went in, um, went in to talk to these people and I made them these three offers, kind of like the presentation we did the other day. And uh, they said, yes. I'll tell you, I mean, it was like an out-of-body experience the first time somebody said yes to to a contract. It was it was just
1: unbelievable. Yeah, you were um, probably expecting some sort of rejection or something like that, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, so so the craziest thing is the way the, the way it worked, and to not get too deep into it, is you say, you know, here's here's what you're asking for your house, here's what you owe. So maybe you've got thirty thousand in equity, and then you just sort of go through what do you need for plumbing updates, electrical updates, blah, 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 blah. So that stuff. Because you're trying to figure out what, what their equity is, so you can give them their equity. Right. Estate take the property. And uh, so as we're going through this list, you know, they're like, oh yeah, well the plumbing needs to be done. That's probably $2,000. And the landscaping, they were, they were adding the numbers up, which of course is making their equity go smaller. Right. And like my heart's pounding. I'm, I'm standing at their, at their, uh, their kitchen counter, we're doing this. And it was a house that they had inherited and they were taking over with these mortgages. But anyways, yeah, I went out to, I got all their information. I went to the car and my hand's shaking. And I said, uh, like, oh, I have to call my partner. Let me, let me go make a quick call, and uh, and I'll come back and I'll get them some numbers together for you. And uh, so I go out and I call my wife. I'm like, okay, um, I think this is gonna happen. <laughs> uh, uh, kind of put the offer together, went in and presented them some offers. They chose one, and and we bought the property, um, subject to.
1: Nice. Uh, How much money do they put on their pockets when you did that? It's like two thousand. I've got the paperwork here someplace. It wasn't much. So yeah, um, I'll give you two K. I'll take over payments and. how you go? Pretty much.
0: Yeah, so that was probably our third or fourth rehab at that time, and uh, yeah, we rehabbed it, and uh, we made twenty five or thirty thousand. Not as much as some of the others, but, but yeah, that was just another another property in the journey. The other ones we had bought as owner occupants um, and had loans in our own name, homeowner loans. Um. In there, so at some point I went and, and took like a boot camp uh, to learn how to wholesale. And that was a tremendous failure. I spent a bunch of money to go to a week-long class and learned wholesaling. And you know, they talk about sending postcards and going out and putting out bandit signs. Right. So, like I said, I'm really good at following instructions. So I got all my bandit signs, put them in the little stands, and I went out and on every corner, like no matter which way you were facing, I had a sign. So I had like eight signs at every intersection, up and down 1792, going from Deland to, to Orlando. And we got back to the house because we did it at like overnight on a Friday, I got back Saturday morning and laying in a bed and the phone starts ringing and it was the police department. Oh so, yeah. Son, you need to come pick up all these signs. I'm like, okay. Okay. So I learned sometimes you can overdo it. Sometimes you can, you can, you can definitely do a few too many.
1: <laughs> I've been there before. I, I actually ran uh, with Dennis, my, my old business partner in the wholesaling yeah. business. We, we, everything we did we always did it at a scale and sure. uh me and him went and bought like two thousand signs and we were literally dropping a hundred signs a day a day holy bro daylight man. like we didn't care like it's stupidity on steroids you know <laughs> uh and we we got all these signs in our truck right. and here we are you know and we will do like a contest who could put a because we were using the stapler uh to yeah, put the post yeah, them yeah. Posts. yeah. So we were like okay who can do more within an hour so one hour i will drive the other hour he will drive mm-hmm. and man we just literally flooded the county that we targeted with bandit signs and man those police officers were not too happy about that yeah dude a uh, hundred
0: times isn't a joke people say that they're like oh a hundred times
1: like it's hard to do oh, that, that. That's literally took us all day, like all day long. And we had to take turns, you know, because we can only put maybe five to 10 an hour, sometimes five to 20. So it will take us a whole full blown eight hour day, just posting this 100 sign and 100 signs feel like a thousand signs. Oh, it's, it By time you're done. You're like, Oh my God, what did we just do? You know, you know, and, and we keep, we kept a tally and, at the yeah. time, we didn't have the app to like track them or whatever. Yeah. Now, nowadays, there's they, there's apps so you can track them, um, but they work. I mean, the bandit signs work. It's just another mm-hmm. way of marketing. They connect with a whole different psychology um, from people that are calling these signs. There's also a whole psychology behind these bandit signs. Like oh, yeah. in the hoods, you want them to be handwritten, like with a sharpie. Yeah. If you put the fancy ones, they don't they don't ring. But yeah. so. Anyhow,
0: yeah, I, I would, that's what I, so I only did a hundred, um, for buying a hundred that went out every Friday and I would spend during the week, um, you know, handwriting them. I use these paint markers and I'd have them all over my house or the, when we had an office where, uh, where we were putting them out. But, uh, so yeah, so, so, so I got a call, you know, come pick up your signs and wit, and, uh, mm-hmm. tried to go out there's nothing worse than going out and picking up your own signs here. Yes. I had to do it twice in my life. Once was for that. And the other one was court ordered. Cause I got in some trouble here in Chattanooga. But uh, that's the most degrading, embarrassing thing is to have to go pick up your own signs. So, so anyways, so we did that. And uh, just wholesaling just really didn't work. I couldn't, I don't know what the, what was missing at the time, but I just couldn't get it to stick. So we sold that house. We bought Subject 2. I bought another one that was out of probate, And this was the last house I bought in Florida. It was in uh, Deltona, Florida, which if you know that area, like every house is the same. Everything was built within 20 years. So they're all these ranch style houses. <clears throat> and... Uh, I bought this house 99,000, like an identical house, like one block over, two blocks down, and just sold for like 225. So I'm like, this is a layup, right? I'm gonna live in this. I got my, a mortgage in my own name. I'm gonna remodel it and then, then I'll sell it. So I bought it in like August and uh, remodeled it. Uh, my wife and I did it. My brother uh, Thomas Morgan, who's, who's an investor here as well, he was helping me at the time, my dad. So we fixed it up and I finished it. Like just before Thanksgiving. So I called my realtor and she's like, yeah, I'll come look at it in January because you don't want to put anything on the market now. I'm like, okay, great. So so she shows up like shows up like January 3rd and she says, you did a great job. I'm like, I know. It's like, it looks really good. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm so happy. And uh, I said, what do you think I can get for it? She's like, well, you know, looking from, from what we've got here, probably 1, 159, maybe 157 like 229, like six months ago. Oh, well, there's all these foreclosures and bank owned properties. And
1: what year is this? These... Nine. Oh, eight. So, oh yeah. 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 So I get did... in the middle of the, of the foreclosure pandemic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it kind of snuck up on me, but because I'm a nitwit, I'm like, Oh,
0: but my house is better. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, my house is better though. I'm remodeled and they're not. She's like, well, I don't recommend going, you know, going any higher than, than like 155, 157. I'm like, nope, my house is better, 169. She's like, okay, so we went about six weeks, not one showing. Wow. So I'm like, oh shoot. So let's drop it down to 159. And now all that's happening is, in hindsight, we can see this: the market's just falling yeah. on a rock. Like maybe one or two showings down to 145. A couple show like could not get traction on this house at all. And in the meantime, we knew we were we were going to move out of Central Florida. we were just going to try to move someplace that was a little bit better, mainly for real estate. And uh, didn't ever sell the house. I ended up uh, doing a lease option for five grand down, um, just to kind of cover just to cover our mortgage. So, right. So we get this five grand down. We had searched all over, and we decided we were going to go to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, one thing about Florida, again. You know the market, and you could see it. The market was just just in a free fall. There,
1: I remember I was there in two thousand eight. Actually, I was there in between two thousand seven and two thousand eight. I was not in real estate at the time. Yeah, I was kind of like taking a sabbatical from my oil and gas uh, uh, job, and um, yeah. but I was living in Miami, and I, I had actually just started a business in the um, gray water industry. So we were yeah. becoming distributors for for the gray water industry, basically for valves and gauges and things like that. And when I started seeing all these foreclosures happening and, and I was like, man, this is not a good time for me to be in business right now. And I literally shut the business down. I didn't even get started. I set everything up. I luckily I never got a warehouse. Um, but I shut everything down and I started looking for a job again in the oil and gas business. And that's how I got back to Houston. So, uh, and that's when I started in real is when I was in Houston with a job. So yeah. So it, it was just all falling apart.
0: So at the time when all this was going on, I had a real job. I was an outside salesman for uh, ProBuild. ProBuild, 84 Lumber. Everybody has those, right? And uh, you know, we sold to these big track builders, Pulte Homes and DR Horton. And one thing, so when you when you're uh, a vendor for these companies, they have like a, a model floor plan. So model, the Everest model. I don't know whatever. So. Um, there are standards, five and a quarter baseboard, three and a quarter inch casing, crown molding. Um, for us, because I sort of want to millwork and trim certain types of doors, maybe a fiberglass door. And what we were noticing is they were changing the standards. They were going from thick baseboard to small baseboard, wide casing to smaller stuff, taking out the crown. My wife was a, uh, a purchasing agent for Ashton Woods Homes, and they were doing the same thing. Granite was their s- standard. Well, now they're going back to laminate. So we were seeing this pullback, and we, we knew sales were slowing down. So you could see like something coming, but you nobody had any idea it was just going to drop, right. just drop like a rock. So, um, so we so I say all that because we knew we were we were going to get out of there and try to go someplace else. Um, it's a long story, but basically we picked Chattanooga. It was an emerging market, and uh, the sales hadn't uh, the values hadn't dropped quite as much as. As they
1: did so. In Florida, in Florida, is just a big bubble, right? And and right uh, now, yeah. you can tell right now it's a big bubble, and I, I can already see prices dropping, uh, in the next year or so with all the forbearances and, and and everything that's going on with uh because of COVID. Um, I don't think it will be like it was at one point in the country because banks are getting smarter on how to handle, uh, work out a deal with the <laughs> with the homeowners, pretty much. Yeah, man, I tell you,
0: I don't think the banks are gonna. as many properties back i think the the same guy who is a wells fargo today was there 10 years ago and it's better for wells fargo or bank of america take that money and put it to the end than to have the bad toxic debt
1: sitting on work with the guy because if 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 the homeowner leaves the property vacant Mm -hmm. now it's going to get ransacked by 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 thieves and by thugs and by people that just want to you know squat Mm -hmm. um which is literally what happened in 2008 um, I actually have a friend that used to live not far from Orlando uh, at Winter something. I forgot the name Winter of it. Was that Winter Springs? No, it's something else. Winter it's down, Park? it's south uh, southwest of Orlando. Um Winter Haven. Winter Haven. Okay. He had a beautiful house there in Winter Haven. And um, you know, I think he paid for the house like two, three hundred thousand, no, three hundred thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars mortgage in place a whole nine yards. He yeah. lost his job at the time, and, and but the values had dropped so drastically yeah. that now his house was worth like 150, so half of what it used to be worth. Yeah. He walked away from the property. He literally told the bank, take it. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. He walked away from the property for three years. He actually moved out of the country. He, had, he got a job somewhere else he came back to the us three years later and the bank called him and i said look we're gonna work out a deal with you can you get back in your house and he was like what it's like yeah your house is intact is the way you left it uh we're gonna we're gonna modify your mortgage your new payment is based on hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and this is what it's gonna be and he literally he left the house vacant for three years, yeah. owing the bank like three hundred thousand. He went back into the same house. He still lives there, by the way. He probably hasn't really? paid for yeah. And uh, and 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 he just got a slam dunk deal because the bank went and slashed half of the debt. So I wow. think that a lot of those things will happen to where the bank will work with the homeowner to sure. put the payments on the back end or 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 spread them out throughout the the, the life of the loan or whatnot because they don't want to have houses vacant. So. No. Anyhow, so you picked Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, we, picked how-
0: Chattanooga. we picked Chattanooga. Um, we actually bought, this is a funny story. I, I remember we were at one of the real estate big meetings and I was sitting there with my brother and he was on this old like phone, I don't know, Verizon or whatever phone. And he's on Craigslist and he found this this uh, duplex uh, that was for sale here in Chattanooga. And we're in Orlando and he's just texting back and forth with these people and, and he set up this, a deal to buy this duplex subject to in Chattanooga without us even being here. Um, so we sent them all the paperwork. We got the contract signed. Never had seen it. Uh, they, they sent us a couple of pictures. And uh, so we're like, well, I guess we got to drive to Chattanooga. Like, this is going to happen. Like, we're, like, this is going to happen. So we drove up here. It's 577 miles. We looked at the duplex. It was okay. You know, it was a, like, kind of like a HUD house, but with, as a duplex. So it was 10 years old. And uh we bought that one subject to That one we actually wow. had to put like 10 grand down, which I would never do again. Um, but I was new and didn't know any better. And I got a partner, he put five down, we put five down, and we we bought that property. Um, while we were up here, um, we did some driving for dollars and knocked, did door knocking, and we found another property and we ended up making the same thing. A guy who had gotten married, house was vacant, and we made a deal to buy that one subject to. So now we had a place to move to and a place to rent. And uh so at this did. time,
1: now you're a full time real estate investor, right? You no, trust-
0: I still have my sales job at uh, I moved to 84 Lumber. Um, so kind of a cool thing that happened, we knew we were leaving. A couple of salesmen where I was at at Pro Build I gone over to 84 Lumber because salesmen like that they bounce around all the time, right? And uh, my buddy who's a, who had gone over there said, Hey, the manager wants to talk to you. I'm like, About what? He wants to give you a job. I'm like, Dude, I'm leaving, like, I'm out, I'm out in six, four to six weeks. That's okay. So I went over and met with him, and he's like, dude, I'm going to put you on a guarantee of 80,000 for six months. I'm like, dude, I'm out in like six weeks. He's like, I'll transfer you to Chattanooga. All I want is your accounts. So I spent the next four weeks just, I went to work for 84. I transitioned all my Orlando accounts over to one of their guys and they they sent me to Chattanooga and I had a five-month guarantee. So I had a little guaranteed money to kind of come up here and um, I get my real estate business going. And because it's an outside sales job, my day was I would go to the it's terrible i went to the office at like 7 a.m for two hours and then i went out driving for dollars
1: driving around all day long.
0: i went back to the office at four o'clock and said boy it's a killer out there guys it's tough (laughs) they were awesome i I still try to buy everything i can from 84 those guys were awesome but uh yeah so so we we came to chattanooga we knew literally one person i knew a
1: realtor wow
0: that i had messaged back and forth with and we met one time when we came up here um but didn't know anybody um but we came up and we said, okay, we've got these two properties, and we started doing the bandit signs. So my wife, my brother, um, and me, we did the thing every Friday night. We went out and did a hundred signs, no matter what. Like didn't matter if it was snowing, a movie came out, you know, my kids had a school play. Like when that was done, we went out and we did we did our hundred signs. So is not big. It's not like where you're at. We only like two hundred fifty thousand people. So. So even just doing once a week, like every so often, it's been 10 years, I still see our signs out there every so often. Wow. Um, so we put out a lot of signs. And then during the week, we're driving for dollars. We're doing old school stuff. Like it's not like now where everybody's on this texting nonsense.
1: Texting, calling, you know. Yeah, no, this is old. We, were, we were driving around.
0: It was the summer. I had my kids in the back of a Jeep. I'm like, they would jump out and they'd run up and tape a little flyer to the door. We buy houses. Uh, we're making lists. We come home my wife is sending out yellow letters and postcards and we're doing all that kind of stuff. And at night, um, you know, back in the day, it was webinars. Remember webinars were on at night. I'm watching Preston Ely and Tim, Mai and all these guys. So we're trying to get a little education at night during the day we're we're just hustling. We just, we just bootstrapped it. We just did it the old school way and Bandit Signs got our phones ringing. And that that's kind of how we started. Um, And we did 30 or 40 deals in our first year and then grown progressively every year from there.
1: That's awesome, man. Um, so, so when did you move full time? Like, what year was that when you moved full time from? We
0: we came here in June of 09, um, June like 9th of of 2009. And uh, I tell people that house that we bought to or we took subject to 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 move into, it was this older house, and I wasn't super picky because I just knew we were moving. But I left this beautiful house that I remodeled in Orlando that looked really good, and uh. So I pack my wife, my two boys, my brothers with me, we all come up here. And uh, like to, to, to be real, you know, we drive all the way up here. We, I put this U-Haul and it's like this 1900s house and we'd like get some mattresses in there the first night, dude. And like the power, like half of it doesn't work. Oh wow. So we're in this house, it's this old house It needed to be remodeled. You know, there's like some mice running around. It's a dude, I cried myself to sleep that first night. I'm like, wow. what have I done? I just left this beautiful house in central Florida ranch, beautiful, hundred percent remodeled. And I moved up here and this house is, it's, it's a dump. What was I thinking? What have I done? What have I done to my family?
1: Now what was the main reason for living in Florida? Was it looking for a better market for real estate or? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I always, I always believe that the universe has a, has a strange way. Yeah of taking you on the right direction. Right. It does, sure. Um, and look at what you did. Like you left a beautiful home in, yeah. uh, and that's not an easy transition, especially for your family. Right. Where
0: no, it's, it was a leap of faith. Um, and amazingly, my wife has always been on board for my nonsense. Um, she's all hundred percent and not everybody can work with their spouse. My wife works on the other side, the across from the other wall. Um, but she's always been on the plan of, of real estate. So, so super lucky to have that.
1: Um, That's awesome. You're, you're blessed by, by, I am
0: like a truly like, Oh my God moment of what have I done? Is this going to work? Can we make this work? And luckily it did. um, Just because we were too stupid to quit and we worked hard um, and we were focused on what we were doing.
1: You were going to make it work regardless. So, so in 2009 uh, is when you shift from corporate to full-time real estate investor.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was really full-time investor from the time we got here. I just was,
1: yeah, you just had a paycheck, you know. I had, I had
0: a was, paycheck for a couple months. Hey, and then they were lucky enough, they, they felt bad about laying me off. So I collected unemployment for a while.
1: I was the same way. Um, I, I was actually, I started in 2008. Uh, now, I had no prior real estate experience that you did. Um, and literally, I just bought my, I, I bought a few houses before, but it was just the place where I was. It wasn't like like to make money or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't think I even made any money in those properties at all um you know by the time I offloaded them so it was like paying rent to be honest with you but in 2008 when I'm in the oil and gas business I'm making money now um I was like man how can I put my money to work and this whole bloodbath of um yeah that's my camera they love my camera loves to reset every 30 minutes so um every uh you know, it's when the foreclosure started happening, and and I said, well, I guess everybody's getting out. I, I read a book somewhere where, uh, on a book somewhere where, when there's bloodbath on the streets, that's when you really want to go and capitalize that's on it. it. And that's when I got in, right? But I was actually a full-time employee, W two guy, mm-hmm. all the way until
0: 2015.
1: Really? So I did, I did all my my rentals and my rehabs in between 2008 to 2015 i was very much like you i was full-time in real estate but i had a full-time job you know uh, that that allowed me to build that real estate um you know uh, i guess uh business that i had on the side and uh when i got laid off in 2015 i said man i'm just gonna go do real estate full-time i don't know how i can replace my income because i was a i was a top income earner in in the business i was I was making like two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand dollars a year, and I live like somebody that made that kind of money. So that was the problem. Like, how can I replace my income? How can I start making twenty thousand bucks a month so I don't lose my house, my vehicles? Um, You know, I I had like five cars: like one for me, one for my wife, one for my daughter, my mother-in-law, my my everybody. Like, literally, I was like a rapper. I was taking care of everybody around me. Right. Yeah. I had an entourage. So I had to literally figure out how to make that quick. And that's how I went to scaling a flipping business. Yeah, um, amazing. And and then my flipping business is scaled to like all kinds of crazy houses that we were doing in 2017. And that's when Harvey happened. And that's how I had to fall backwards into wholesaling. So
0: incredible
1: story, dude. Uh, it's crazy, man. And I'm still dealing with a lot of that stuff. But um, the reality is, is that, um, is the universe takes you through a a, a a path for a reason. And you got pulled into Chattanooga, Tennessee because you were looking for a change also, right? Like, for sure. and and I listen a lot to Tony Robbins and he, he's got a saying that I love repeating, which is motion creates emotion. So what you were looking for was emotion. Actually, that's why you had to move all the way from Florida to Tennessee to, to work yeah. on your business better. Even
0: in, in the retail world, before I got into building materials, I got, like I always knew something like I always knew there was something out there and and either I'd be like the president of the company or just I always knew there was more. And I just didn't right. know exactly what it would be. But I, I, in the back of my mind, I always knew that there was something, you know.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about today. Right. What what does your operation look like today? Because. It's impressive what you guys have built and and how you guys are operating and and I know what you guys are doing, but the people listening or watching this podcast they they really don't know. So what is what does your business look like today?
0: So um, so yeah, so we, we we're virtual wholesalers at, at the end of the day. Um, I've got a couple other companies that that have rentals and things, but but this company, Nationwide Property Liquidators (NPL), um, three partners: myself, Tag Thompson. Behind that wall, and my other wife, or my other partner,
1: Heather. My other wife. <laughs> my other wife. One wife. Just one wife. One's enough,
0: man. Holy really smokes! Um, I was going to
1: ask you, how do you do it, man? That's you know,
0: like, very enough.
1: expensive, you know. <laughs> she, she puts up with a
0: lot of my nonsense, but um, so I have two great partners. So I'll, I'll right. say that with, without them, there would be no, there wouldn't be any NPO. Um, so Tag's been with us for about for about three years, and. When he came on board, we were just wholesaling in Chattanooga. And right. um, you know, he had he had transitioned from another some companies that he owned and he had sold. And that's, he'll tell you all his story next yeah. time we talk. But um so he's like, yeah, I want to come do real estate, it looks great. I'm like, Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, but there's no way I could add another partner into the mix. And just what we just couldn't do enough deals in Chattanooga. You
1: know, to support, yeah. Yeah,
0: like I'm you know, make a two, two fifty. If I bring a guy in, I'm only gonna make you know, we're going to make Put less. Yourself
1: in half,
0: yeah. Yeah. So I said, well, like we can go virtual. We can, you know, we can go into other markets. I don't really don't like that model. I don't think it's a good model. Um, and, uh, but if you want to come in and like help do that, help implement that, then we can, you know, let we'll, we can try it. Uh, one thing about TAG, super smart, great computer guy, technology, all of those things that I can't do he's fantastic at it. Like I Perfect. can't get my printer to work most days. Right. <laughs> there are days I wanna throw it out the window. Yeah. So, so I can't like, none of that stuff works for me. Um, but he was able to come in and, and even from being outside of real estate bring in that systems knowledge of, of how to set that up and effectively help us scale because that's the way his brain works. Um, so together we've been able to build a pretty good company. Um, you know, he came in and we, we, we kept Chattanooga's our core and we ventured out and started adding cities and uh, have grown slowly with Shirley. Uh, we've, we've made some tragic blunders and gone into some places where we spent a lot of money and did almost no deals.
1: And we've gone- to- or, or you got contracts where you couldn't move them or they fell through yeah. the cracks. So,
0: so here in Chattanooga, you know, I really specialized in the under $25,000 houses. I mean, sold a ton of houses, call it the hood or the low income, whatever you want. Um, and it was a different time in the market too. Um, so we went to St. Louis, we picked St. Louis for for some reason. And Tag was getting contracts like every day. Like, I got this house for $4,000. I'm like, absolutely, we could sell that. Um, and we couldn't sell it. We couldn't, <laughs> couldn't move these houses. And we couldn't figure out why. So we, we actually drove up to St. Louis. And we realized why you couldn't sell. Anybody that's familiar, there's like some bad areas in St. Louis where they're just giving away properties and no investors. And
1: yeah, you, you should get them for free, basically.
0: <sighs> yeah, man. It was bad. It was just bad. So we left there we tried Birmingham. We said, well, and Birmingham, so place, <laughs> Birmingham was a place I looked at before we came to Chattanooga. So I'm like, okay, it's close because after you make one drive to St. Louis, you're like, if we're going to do this again and I have to drive, I at least want to be able to come home at night. So again, Birmingham, we got a lot of deals and we were actually able to sell them. But at that point we were on the JV model, which if you're going to expand, that's kind of easiest way to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and we could sell deals, but we were selling them for three to 5,000. So by the time you whack that in half, we just weren't making we weren't making any money.
1: It's not enough money for for the effort.
0: It's not. So like we learned how to do virtual wholesaling wrong, <laughs> just just by trial and error. So we, we figured out all the things not to do, and just over time we we just continually get better and better at it and learn from our mistakes.
1: Um, yeah, but that, that's that, so that's what sets you apart, David. Because I'm the same way. I go to markets that I don't know about. Yeah. I start marketing. I start getting contracts, and then I find out, oh, I can't do nothing with this. Yeah. Like I'll give you a so, true story. I met Tag in Birmingham at the REI Coaches yeah. event with Brian Tripp, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, once he, uh, he was like sitting across where I was uh, in the mastermind day before the, the event itself. Mm-hmm. And he introduces himself and I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And man, I just literally had something on the contract in Chattanooga, Tennessee yeah. that I couldn't move. And I went to him right away. I was like, bro, I got something if you're willing to dispose this thing for me, man, we'll split it, JV, no big deal. And I want to target more. And he said, what do you have? So I said, I got this, this house that looks like it's a duplex. Mm-hmm. And he's like, has it been, been vacant? And I said, yeah, it's, the thing is vacant. And how long? I was like, I don't know, probably a couple of years. And he said, I do this worthless. That thing is not worth anything because you have to convert it. And the city is not giving permission to people to do it. So you're, you literally don't have a deal. And I was like, <laughs> wow, you just don't know what you don't know about a market, right? Uh, we'll never figure it out that that was the problem with a particular property because yeah. the city wouldn't allow people to convert it. Yeah. It's a weird
0: thing here, but yeah, that's, that's a thing for sure.
1: But that's how we learn, man. We go, we go and explore different markets. We start targeting people. We put stuff on their contract. And then next thing you know, we're not being able to move it because we just don't know enough about that market, right?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, we're too stupid to quit. Like, I know we need to go to a new market. So we're going to figure out a new market and we're going to go there and we're going to spend some money. And if it hits, great. We're going to be all in. If it doesn't, okay. Well, we, we're going to learn from it and we're going to move on to the next city. And now we've been doing this long enough that we've got a great criteria, i mean we're, we're we're dialed in so that like i don't pick cities anymore neither does tag we have our leads manager and our dispositions manager they sit they get together every week and they go okay we're going to target three new cities next week um and they'll run it by us i'm like yeah those look great or you know, don't don't go to denver it's a little it's a little too kooky for wholesalers you know let's pick something else or too, yeah, too
1: expensive too expensive like the price point is too high there's, not enough inventory
0: um, to get. there's no vacant house it's it's just not a place for us so we we Went like to like St. Augustine, Florida or
1: something like that. Oh, I love that place. I target all of that area there, all the way from take it easy,
0: take it easy. You know, we're we're doing a little texting down
1: there. Right? Man, that 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 market is big enough for everybody. There is enough meat on the bone. And we actually we do something you guys don't do, which I, I and I'm not gonna disclose disclose here what you guys did, uh marketing wise, but we actually target uh owner occupied properties, which is yeah. It's hard because now your pool of properties is just much wider, right? So our cost per acquisition is going to be a little higher um, because we have to target more people to get a deal, basically, um, you know, based on the criteria that we handle. But the pie is big enough for everybody. And the truth is, is that it's only the people that operate like you and us do which we're willing to put money in marketing, test new markets, go make mistakes. We're the ones that t- stay in business. The ones that don't stay in business, that they can't figure it out is the ones that are afraid of putting money in marketing. They're afraid of testing new things. They're afraid of, of taking the next step. And that's unfortunately 99% of the people that come into our, our the wholesaling space.
0: It, it, it's true. you know. I, right out of 100 people that start wholesaling, like 95 aren't going to make it. And then of the hundred that make it, who's gonna scale? One percent? It's hard, man. It's Less than one. To,
1: I think it's less than one. Um, it's it's really hard.
0: I tell people you're gonna make less money for probably a year or two. Um, just work your own market. There's so much money to be made. Work your whole market. It's easier. Virtual um, you know, virtual's tough. It's not. I know people sell the dream that it that's so easy, but you can have higher fallout rate. It's just it's, just, it's got its own set
1: of challenges. And not only that, you gotta train people. You gotta, you know, um, uh, you gotta grow a team. Well, once you start going virtual, then you have to have a team. You have to have at least some VAs and maybe an acquisitions and dispositions, or you have to be networking with people locally in the area in order to dispose the properties. We, in this space, like there's 375 million people, I think, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we pretty much know who we all are within certain markets, like because we're going to masterminds together. Uh, We're networking, learning from each other. Um, I don't even consider any of the wholesalers out there that are in within our space that are talking to each other competition because we actually find ways to collaborate. Hey man, like you're in Chattanooga. Okay, I know I can count on somebody to go maybe take some pictures or send yeah. a property for this poll, right? So um, the space is small enough to where the one, per- the less than, cause it's less than 1% that makes it. Yeah. We now create this network and, and now we're able to help each other out and that's why we succeed. But we're not afraid of putting money in marketing and systems. So um, anyhow, I want to invite everybody to go ahead and find ma- Mr. David Olds um, probably on social media, Facebook, uh, probably is the easiest way to hit him up. And uh, Instagram's
0: pretty easy. I think all of my stuff is David underscore Olds underscore REI. I'm trying to get it all the same.
1: David uh, is pretty old school type guy. He's uh he's a, he, he shoots straight from the hips. You know, he's a straight shooter. So hit him up, follow him. He's got a wealth of knowledge. I mean, he talked about, you uh, know, in the last mastermind, we were together about doing uh, owner finance offers and how to do creative financing, and which is something we couldn't touch on this time. but um, you know, but man, thank you so much, David. By the way, David will be in our mastermind yeah. in Houston, Texas, April thirtieth, May first, and second. the real estate entrepreneur's mastermind, he will be participating on it. So if you want to come shake his hand and get to know him better, we'll, we'll be waiting for you there. But other than that, David, thank you so much for being here today, man. Yeah,
0: thank you. Thank you for having me. It, it was an honor to, to be on your podcast. I don't do a lot of these. I think the last one I did was probably 10 years ago.
1: So i Oh, uh, wow. Well, it's uh, maybe, maybe it's a new start for you to get out there again and, and, and start, uh, you know, educating people with your wisdom, right? Because guys yeah. like you are the ones that been down the route of many people that are getting in this business, right. Um, learning how to wholesale, learning how to, Uh, do owner financing, learning how to, you know, establish an operation, maybe transitioning from a full-time job to a, to a real estate job. So feel free to look him up. And until the next one, guys, you have, you guys have a great day. Bye. Thanks so much.